0: Welcome to Your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez.
1: And I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Today's top story, it is not only Share the Show Tuesday, but it's also Super Tuesday, where 34% of the Democrat delegates, the free delegates, whatever, the not super delegates, the elected delegates, are chosen. So there's, I think, 14 different State primaries plus American Samoa and Democrats abroad get to vote today in the primary. Looks like after Saturday's South Carolina blowout for Biden and the fact that Klobuchar and Mayor Pete both dropped out of the race and threw their backing behind Biden, as did Beto O'Rourke and Jim Comey, although obliquely he didn't come out and say we need Biden. He said, I agree with Amy Klobuchar, something
1: he emerged Weirdly. from his forest that he's always walking. He puts pictures of himself in a forest on Twitter all the time to oh, really? yeah, support Biden. I found it pretty interesting that everybody kind of came out for Biden at the same time, especially Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg. I know some people have an issue with the way that I say his name. Because you say it with a V instead? Yeah, say it with a V instead of a G. And what is G. it? Buttigieg is one pronunciation of it. I've heard many.
0: How does he pronounce it?
1: I don't know. That's the question.
0: (laughs) Well, that's what we should know. I don't ever
1: hear him pronounce it. I call him Mayor Pete is what I usually call him.
0: Yeah, I always go and look at, like, when they're a guest, usually, if someone's talking to them directly, they figured it out ahead of time. But I just call him Mayor Pete because there are just too many variations. Right.
1: That's what I was doing, too.
0: So, yeah, those guys all came out. I mean, I assume that the timing was to make a difference on Super Tuesday to make it look like these guys are real Democrats who think that although Biden is a flawed candidate, he is positioned to capture the moderate Democrat vote and thereby kind of return to what is seeming more and more like the outdated model that you need to go for the swing vote. You need to go for the moderate vote. Trump, I think blew up that paradigm although i think his blowing up that paradigm was totally artificial i think ron paul was blowing up that paradigm by moving the overton window back to the founding principles of this country which was a disaster for both parties but trump seems to have blown it up with his aggressiveness with his combative style i don't really buy that i don't think that's winning although he does win and he's probably gonna win And I don't think Biden is a really strong candidate. I think ultimately, I always figure they want the person to win. That's going to serve their purposes. Is Sanders going to provide the kind of drama they want? Is Biden's loss going to give them the illegitimacy they're looking for? And they would say perhaps if Trump had never gone after him in Ukraine, this wouldn't have been a problem because Ukraine— is now going after biden as is a republican senator is going after hunter biden but ukraine shokin the guy he got fired filed charges against him or whatever filed a request for an investigation which anyone can do according to our shills over there that you shouldn't put any stock in it but that thing might not be dead but biden just seems so checked out and i don't mean because he looks like he has neurological problems i mean he just looks like he's not interested anymore
1: I think he looks like he had a stroke or he has neurological problems. There was a picture that Alyssa Milano, who endorsed him yesterday as well, posted on Twitter saying that her friend Joe Biden is amazing and whatever, just announcing her support for him. And the pictures that she posted looked like a daughter at an old folks home who was trying to communicate with her father who has severe dementia is what the pictures (laughs) looked like. It did nothing to promote any confidence in joe biden it really looks sad
0: that does seem to be how they're positioning him yeah i mean i I, they're not they don't seem to be trying to get around that at all did you see the picture i tweeted from the front page of the wall street journal i don't think so Uh, i'm going to show it to you people have to go look at my twitter feed i'm going to show you this picture this is the picture they chose
1: wow It looks like he's bracing himself on <laughs> okay, the back. Let me,
0: yeah. So I just want to say, I'm afraid it's just too blue to even describe. I didn't even want, I didn't even tweet anything. I was just like, really this picture it's mayor Pete standing at a podium, Biden standing behind him, head down with both hands on mayor Pete's shoulders and mayor Pete looking over his shoulder, smiling at Joe. So as one tweet said, It looks kind of like they're ready to spoon. So (laughs) it does in fact look like they're ready to spoon. Anyway, so I just think they take this imagery and they really manage it. Obviously, just uh, a quick like little nummies thing. I looked at five thirty eight. I think is the name of that Nate Silver blog. He said he sees he's just guessing, whatever, that today Biden will walk away with 484 pledged delegates. That's right. I forgot. And Sanders would get 463, although the range for both of them is he's got a very broad range of anywhere from 340 to 640. Basically, for both of them, they also go on to say that ultimately, I guess, when all the delegates are pledged. Now, remember, that doesn't include superdelegates, which can make the difference, that Biden will have 1738. Sanders will have 1363. Bloomberg will have 555. And Warren will have 283. That gives Biden a clear lead over Sanders. I'm not convinced by that. I think Sanders is going to provide the comic relief. The only reservation I have about that is that the Ukraine thing might have a 2.0 for this season in the show.
1: There's going to be some more twists and turns, no doubt about it. I'm wondering if the reverse psychology effect of all these candidates so hastily jumping on board with Biden is going to fire up Bernie supporters even more and cause people who maybe supported Mayor Pete, who was a big Bernie Sanders fan when he was younger, and Amy, if it's going to cause their supporters to jump on board with Bernie Sanders, because it, it again feels as though the establishment Democrats are trying to push out Bernie Sanders like the narrative was in two thousand sixteen. So I'm wondering about a potential reverse psychology effect on that. Not neither one of them are good candidates. They're both yeah. terrible candidates.
0: I, I agree totally. They're just replaying the whole Sanders is the inside is the grassroots guy. The establishment doesn't like him. A lot like Trump or even Ron Paul. They try to catch those those feelings to make it look like these machinations are authentic, in my opinion. Yeah. But they're not. I don't think they are. I think Bernie Sanders is, I mean, I just think he's, uh, he plays his role. But ultimately, we will not have a smaller welfare warfare super state under Sanders than we would under anybody else who's completely bought into the parties. And I think he is.
1: It's crazy that he's the healthier of the two between him and Joe Biden. And he recently uh, had a heart attack right. in the past six months. <laughs> a question to look out for today is how many security breaches or mistakes or irregularities at the voting booths are there going to be? The U.S. intelligence chiefs have warned that foreign interference remains a threat in the 2020 election and that the recent outbreak of the coronavirus could present a bad actor with an opening to spread false information to keep voters away from the polls, perhaps they'll, they'll say that every candidate that remains in the Democrat race is the highest vulnerability demographic to the coronavirus, and we're cramming all these people into rallies and into- That's a
0: good point. Actually, didn't you say that every single one of the candidates on the Democrat and Republican side are over 70 All now? over 70. So
1: that is the vulnerable demographic for coronavirus, by the way. In fact, they're all closer to 80 except for Elizabeth Warren.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's the youngin'. That's interesting because the Event 201 slash coronavirus agenda focuses heavily on the damage to... The damage that bad information can have on real things. It's dangerous to people's health. It's dangerous to our democracy. Our election 2020 might be the tripwire, according to your research. I just want to say something about the welfare warfare super state here. It seems to me, uh, unlike Europe, where they admit that they're a social democracy, we actually don't admit it, even though our kind of taxation rate is very similar. We fight to the tooth and nail about not giving away the social services, but we we piss away just as much money doing everything else. So we spend all the money, we tax all the money. It seems to me... There's just a a balance what the market will bear of socialism, of taxes, of all that stuff. I think ultimately both parties are working, the welfare and the warfare state, both work towards just maximizing debt that really if you look at it there's just no reason for us to have this kind of debt as the most productive society in human history it's and if you look at how they spend the money it makes no sense at all it, for all the taxes we take in and all the money the government spends there should literally just by the math be absolutely no poverty like just take the number and divide it by the lower half of Americans and everybody gets like $30,000 check every year after taxes. Like, it just does not make sense. So this idea that this is a battle between capitalism and socialism, yeah, maybe on the margin, but not in the long run. What we have is the, what the market will bear. Maybe they're trying to push that to be a couple percentage points higher on taxation on the upper limit or whatever, but I don't think it really makes a difference. This is, I just think it's a show.
1: And the feds, I believe, lowered the interest rate. Is that what they did today?
0: Yeah, the coronavirus narrative continues. Fed rate Fed lowered rates by a half a percentage point, which is kind of like a two tick. Usually they'll do a quarter of a percentage point reduction and they that gave the impression of panic. It was outside of a regular meeting. But if you look at it it's now that kind of that and something else that happened coronavirus wise put me over the edge. So in the newspaper today it names the Fed, the ECB, which is the European Central Bank, the IMF, International Monetary Fund, G7, which is the big countries, the World Bank all in the news today talking about easing, making financial concessions, making money available, loosening monetary policy in order to keep economies going uh, in light of the coronavirus. When they started talking about this, this this is an absolute critical path item for Event 201. I think it was call to action item number six out of seven, but it seems to be the one that really matters, and I'll tell you why. Event 201 was all about how an overreaction to a real pandemic, not separating out the health concerns from economic stability and uh, keeping that stuff going, that was the most important thing. They wanted businesses and governments to get on the same page, to have protocols in place to make sure that money keeps flowing even as the population is dying. And the emphasis has been more and more to the stock markets, to exactly what Event 201 emphasized, rather than on people being sick. And I have finally kind of settled on the likelihood that this entire massive PSYOP is designed mainly, not exclusively, but mainly to justify, to excuse, to whitewash, to cover up the the correction that kicking the 2008 can down the road was setting up. I just, I'm now believing that the number one thing, it's not about just generally having protocols, generally having controls, propping up vaccines, none of that. I think it is really about this because that Fed rates cut got the federal funds rate or the target rate down to one to one quarter percent, 11 years into an expansion. And just to reiterate some of the math, every recession I found looking back decades upon decades, when the expansion hits 10 years, whatever, the 11 11 years is the longest ever. When it hits that, and there's a correction kind of afoot, over the next two years to make a soft landing, the government, the Fed, reduces interest rates slowly, bit by bit, over two years by five percentage points. That means you have to have an interest rate that's above five percentage points just to have that pattern. It's down to one to one and a quarter percent at the well into the longest expansion in at least peacetime history. So I feel like they it was there was no other way they could have justified continuing to stimulate at these interest rate levels. But they had to do it at least till after the election. And I really think that's what this is all about.
1: So give that to me in layman's terms. We've been expanding ever since the depression of 2008. Yes.
0: Okay. So yeah, I, I have explained it before and I absolutely explained it again. We are, it's 2020 after the 2008 crash when it hit bottom and starts. So a recession is when, int- when growth actually goes backwards. It's like several quarters of backwards growth. So the economy, instead of getting bigger, it gets smaller. If a couple of quarters in a row shrinks, that's a recession. And then when that stops and you start expanding little by little, that's the beginning of the expansion. That expansion began 11 years ago and never has an expansion lasted that long. At the end of the 11 years or however long it is of this expansion, you have a tightening, a correction where people have just overexpanded. They've taken cheap interest rates in this case and they've built a bunch of factories not realizing everybody else was doing the same thing. And then you have way more stuff than people can even consume. And then the factories start going bankrupt. You can't refinance because interest rates are already at an all-time low. And then people start losing their jobs. And when they really lose their jobs, they can't buy anything at all. And then you have, you know, it keeps doubling down. So what what they normally do is they take two years and they just lower rates, lower rates, lower rates, so that as people are kind of on the verge of bankruptcy, they can probably refinance at a lower rate and keep it going just until, until the population or demand or whatever can resurge without all that destruction. But without any wiggle room in the interest rate. I'm talking about what the Keynesian model is, and that's what they use. I don't approve of it, but I'm just saying that's yeah. what they do, and it's not going to work anymore. That's why they say, you know, you need to keep tools in your toolbox. They kept interest rates down too low. They've been talking about this for a long time, and it's happening. And I don't know what it's going to look like when the recession finally comes but another sign that makes me think that that's what this is all about is that if you read the literature, the newspapers it says last year 2019 the fourth quarter was the slowest quarter in a really long time. So the and I may maybe even the third quarter also looked like that. So they saw this coming. And and I believe that's what the timing of this coronavirus thing and people have asked me why would China go along with this, right? We're all in fights with China supposedly. But China also needs cover for this. They're getting hit by this global downturn, just like everybody else. Perhaps we unleashed the Hong Kong protests and offered them a quid pro quo that we would pull back on those if they went along with this game. But I think that we're all, uh, our governments are all playing a bigger game here and that this is saving everyone from it. And like ISIS, why doesn't Putin out ISIS as us? Well, because he likes ISIS, it works for him. He uses it for the same reasons we do. Whether he wants to defeat us or not, he wants to make sure that he's got his cover too for his own propaganda needs.
1: Yeah, so are you saying that the bad economic turn is going to be blamed on the coronavirus in China?
0: Yes, and that the massive stimulus they're putting in place, which they I speculated before I even ever heard of coronavirus, that they would have to keep loosening and have some like made up reason to do it. So I was looking at the repo market. They were doing it backwards like that. Or sometimes other countries will do it for you and start putting a lot of stimulus in, which flows around the whole world. Yes, I think they're going to blame both the downturn and the massive stimulus on coronavirus. But really, it's just a function of handling 2008 by kicking the can when it was just a devastating crisis that could not be can kicked out of the way. And then there were a couple of other things that were in the news that were 100% eventual one since last time we spoke. One was uh, this article I tweeted that you pointed out to me was being suppressed by Twitter you see that tweet that you took a screenshot of it and it said on the bottom, this account does not allow yeah. everybody to look at it. There is not one thing I block. My settings on my Twitter account are 100% open, 100%. Anyone can talk to me. No one is blocked. I just ignore people who are rude or trolls. That's it. So any sign like that is a lie. And, but what it was, what the tweet was is I took a couple of uh, tweets, a couple of quotes from event 201 about the CDC guy saying we need a martial, he said, we need to be on a war footing. The Henry Shine guy saying we need to be on, have martial law. He said a martial plan, but he meant martial law. And then the tweet was a New York Times heading saying a Pentagon or whatever, somebody, the administration trying to use war powers to battle the coronavirus. So that was one of them. Governments divided in how to handle it was another one straight out of event 201. Of course, this monetary loosening. I also want to point out that all the coronavirus stuff is in the northern hemisphere right now. Isn't that where like winter is and then the south is summer? So I think, you know, it's just cold and flu season in the northern hemisphere. And it's completely like no cases in the Southern Hemisphere. I think as the seasons change, that's going to flip. They're going to say coronavirus is spreading in Brazil and all that kind of stuff. And and that was part of event 201, actually. But I just think, and then it'll come back here in the cold and flu season.
1: They're saying right, right now that it's spreading more outside of China than it is inside of China. And it appears that China has gotten control over it while the rest of the world is panicking which goes back to if this continues to spread, or at least the reporting of it is that it's spreading, then the solutions are going to more and more get closer to, well, China ended up stopping it with their draconian surveillance and control methods. We're going to have to implement stricter and stricter methods in order to contain this virus. And with that in mind, I have a few quick headlines. One, a couple of days ago, Trump announced that he was going to be coming to the CDC here in Atlanta I don't know why. I guess to talk to the leaders or walk around and look at all the viruses inside the cases. I don't know what it's like inside the CDC. Maybe
0: he wants to get one of those cool plush
1: toys. Perhaps. Perhaps (laughs) he'll get a picture with one of those coronavirus plush toys from Event 201. But I found that interesting because the next day after the announcement that Trump was going to be coming to Atlanta – there was the breaking news, and this was yesterday, that two people in Atlanta in Fulton County who live in the same household have tested positive for the coronavirus. So right <gasps> after Trump County. makes that announcement, this is dramatic storytelling is what this is. They already knew, in my opinion, that these people were infected. My doctor the other day said there's people walking around everywhere with the coronavirus. He says it's like the flu. He's not worried, although he doesn't have the inside information. I don't know. I'm just commenting on they waited till this announcement was made that Trump was coming. Then they said, we'll throw a little bit of drama in here and we'll publicly announce that we have tested positive to people in Atlanta where Trump is coming. Just an example of this dramatic storytelling that's going on. On top of that, the news also was reported, this is after Trump made his announcement, that they're talking about doing the NCAA tournament with no fans. With no fans. (laughs) Atlanta is the host of the Final Four. Oh, my God! Over 80,000 people. will be a record inside of the Falcon Stadium, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I I seriously doubt they're going to take the economic hit and do no fans in the stadium. So we look for Atlanta to be a central incubator of the coronavirus due to the Final Four, not to mention all the Super Tuesday states that we're going to see more and more cases arise in, I'm predicting anyway, in the next few days. On top of that, we have NBA basketball players. They're going to try and stop doing high fives. There's stories of people saying bye-bye to the handshake, which I'm perfectly okay with. I tweeted out the video of the Chinese guys kicking their feet together instead of shaking hands. Handshaking has been dirty for centuries, I get it, but I'm perfectly fine with a change in the way we greet one another, that doesn't bother me at all, but it does show the heightened awareness that people have, I found myself walking through the store the other day and I sniffled a little bit and coughed and I instantly kind of stopped, I was like, I hope nobody saw me, Uh, where are the security guards, are they going to come in in their hazmat suits and drag me out of here, right now, this is a scary thought. Right now, because we talked about contact tracing the other day, where if someone tests positive, they find out, they try and track every single person this person has come into contact with, and then they go to them. Right now, you or I or anybody listening could have someone knock at the door, maybe wearing a hazmat suit, I don't know, and they could say, you're coming with us.
0: Well, that's the law in the UK right now. They already said that is officially the law.
1: They can do that here. Yeah, they oh, they, the, they have the federal well, powers to do They can do, do that anything here. they want, right? Right now, they are telling people to self isolate, but people aren't going to want to do that. We are going to see. Some problems arising with this contact tracing when people who have received no symptoms, who the contact is so far removed, they're going, what are you talking about? You're going to make me stay in my house? Are you going to try and take me somewhere? This is going to draw up some conflict. There will be stories of resistance in the coming months if this continues.
0: I agree. The two things that you said remind me a couple of things. One is they want to stop people from kissing each other and greeting in Europe. They really want to change that cultural element of Europe, which... That seems rather sinister to me because, I mean, we just keep getting more and more materialistic and consumerized and acculturated. So that kind of bummed me out. Only hetero Uh,
1: kissing. It's going to be only hetero kissing is outlawed. It's outlawed.
0: Everybody else can. (laughs) Anyway. So, okay. So the CDC, CDC is in Atlanta and this is what I was thinking. So today we posted or yesterday we posted the last Monica Perez show well, the second to last Monica Perez show and then quickly followed by the last Monica Perez show. And that was out of that's out of Atlanta. The WSB is in Atlanta where the CDC is. And I, I have to point out that the only time I ever was told by my program director, who, whose tenure I did not outlast by a single day, uh, that he always
1: was that the same day? I didn't even know that.
0: Same day. His last day was my last
1: day. Oh my gosh.
0: And I don't I don't think it's the new program director. I just think that they, they got new owners. Everything changed that day. And I really think that the old owners were just an old school media company. It was Cox, Governor Cox, um, I guess was a senator way, way back in the day. And he had a a Cox commission to investigate tax exempt foundations and stuff. Like, I think they had a tradition of kind of having, it was just very old school. I didn't know why I was on the air. I always puzzled over it, but I think maybe they were just old school. They thought people wanted to hear it and they were grooming me for that. But the new boss is a totally different animal. Anyway, so. So I just think this guy just was always like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But he would tell me when I would get complaints, which he was shocked at how rarely anyone ever complained about me because I said stuff that really, like, you know, your jaw would hang open. But the one time he said, you know, this was I never saw so many complaints about you when I, I said, I wish, I wish I had thought more. This is what he said: I wish I had thought more about getting my kids the chickenpox vaccine, because it turns out. First of all, it's not a fatal illness and it turns out that it does not impart lifelong immunity. So, I kind of screwed them because it would have been good to have that. Whatever. People went bananas because, I mean, CDC has an intelligence arm. So you we did were, get
1: them the chickenpox vaccine and you I wish you I got didn't. my
0: kids each have 48 vaccines. Okay. I never the only one I didn't do is Gardasil, thank God. Anyway, that's another story, but but like when you watch the event to one thing and you see the CDC guy there, he's wearing a military uniform. The CDC is like a little weird. And that chick who was the Ebola resistor, like the nurse who works with the Ebola people and deny would when he would went use, riding her
1: bike? Yeah, she refused to be
0: quarantined, like you said. And she was called a libertarian. And actually, that whole story just got, got completely erased, memory hold immediately when Natural News put out her yearbook photo for joining the CDC intelligence service.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. So the CDC is a lot more serious than you think, than you might have thought. But that—so we post that if people want to listen. But I had done a few— we had done a few Event 201 shows before that so i don't i i do think that if if one thing had to if you had to put the eggs in one basket of what like what happened what really really happened i think that that happened that i talking about this was just it generated a lot of complaints and the new owners were totally like yeah we don't want that cuz well, they're cfr
1: anyway also to that point in the event 201 description the simulation part of the thing is rooting out what they call disinfo that undermines the narrative and right. in China to say some of the stuff that we have said they have talked about the death penalty in China they have talked about criminalizing here in the, U- hey. in the UK they've talked about criminalizing that stuff
0: I would much rather be Cheryl Atkinson than Michael Hastings right so Fine with me. Like yeah. we'll just do this. <laughs> I totally got it. As in the uh, as the title of Spiro Agnew Nixon's VP's biography was Go Quietly or Else. <laughs> right. I'm I'm fine with that. I will never speak of this again. But Let me you give you go, two go quick look headlines. At, listen to our post from yesterday if you wanna chime in.
1: Yes. More than 10 schools in Seattle were closed for deep cleaning over the coronavirus concerns and Facebook has pulled out of South by Southwest over the fears of the coronavirus. So, well, the fears They won't be missed. <laughs> yes. Well, the fears are real, though. <laughs> I mean, when you will. have a major company like Facebook signaling, other companies follow suit. They will well, be that's the first the thing. ones.
0: All of this. All of this. The impact of all of it has been the reaction and not the actual thing. Actually, I got yep. a little choked up at mass on Sunday because I can't take the host because I have a like, severe gluten thing, so I just take communion wine. And oh, they would not thought about that. They wouldn't let me.
1: And wow. I actually
0: like shed tears. I didn't even think I was that religious. I was just like, "But I need it. I just got fired."
1: <laughs> so they're not doing the communion one, right?
0: So now I can like bring gluten-free hosts or whatever. But I just was taken off guard, and it was so upsetting to me. And then, like culturally, like that's what's happening. It's the propaganda. It's the reaction. It's the panic. It's the cultural impact. And they talked about cultural impact and the event 201 thing. And that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know anyone who's laid low with this illness but there's lots and lots of impact. I think I was personally impacted and you got to you got to admit if you look at this thing, event 201, the media, uh the academy, academia, politics, b- big big global corporations, everyone is towing the, the line. And I'm not saying they've all heard of event 201, but there is one the science community, there's one thing that at least the scientists should be calling out for from the rooftops we are not actually testing for this exact virus we are just making these numbers up and you need to look at it in the context of year over year flu cold pneumonia deaths you need to have verified cases as a, as a statistically sound sample set. Like, you just need to be doing the science on, on the vectors, on the growth, on all of it. And they're not. You're not getting that kind of data. So you don't have to know about event 201, but nobody is really reporting on this with any kind of rigor. And that, to me, it makes it clear that you can say, who's they? There's not some big conspiracy. Everybody's in line here. Everybody. Everybody.
1: That's what fear will do. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what this virus is. I know what it seems like. I know what my doctor said. I hear the guy from the CDC who I know he was appointed by Obama. The CDC can be shady saying that he's scared, saying that nothing has ever spread like this. I see my friends getting letters from the schools, preparing them to for about hand washing and closing down. I don't know what or how much of this fear is legitimate but it gets people really afraid and
0: but that doesn't mean scientists and the media shouldn't do their homework it's just what absolutely. we need Absolutely, that's just what we need and we're not getting it and i say that's proof that there's there's complicity if nothing worse I'll If stick. not conspiracy at least there's complicity.
1: i'm going to continue to wash my hands until they're bone dry
0: you would always have done that anyway we I know would. that about you <laughs>
1: And not touch my face, not touch my nose. What if I itch? I need to get like a, one of those no. back scratchers to scratch my face with. Got marks all over my face.
0: I'm definitely getting you a hazmat uniform for your birthday. I
1: would love a hazmat uniform. <laughs> something themed, maybe with a Trey Young jersey on the back of it or something like that. All right. Oh, you guys yeah. can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. We'll talk to y'all tomorrow.